Welcome to your found family podcast where we don't just have a heart to heart, we connect soul to soul. I'm your host, Lizzie, a certified coaching practitioner who found family outside of blood family. In our found family, you are accepted and assured that you are not alone. Subscribe and tune in for educational and empowering soul chats with women from all over the world, talking about well-being, personal growth and development, and mental and emotional health. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Found Family. I am so joyful and so giddy to be talking today with Shannon, who is the author of Adventures for Your Soul. This happens to be one of my absolute most favorite books. It saved my life when I was reading it in 2016, and we are doing a book club style soul chat today. So I'm really excited to share all of the information about this book and um, to give a little bit more of information about Shannon. Shannon Kaiser is the best-selling author of five books on the psychology of happiness and fulfillment, including the number one bestseller, The Self-Love Experiment and Adventures for Your Soul, and new book, Joy Seeker. As an international life coach, speaker, and retreat leader, she helps people trust and believe in themselves so they can live their highest potential. She's been named a top 100 women to watch in wellness by Mind Body Green and your go-to happiness booster by Health Magazine. She has also been recognized as a must-follow Instagram account for inspiration by Entrepreneur Magazine and a top Facebook account for daily motivation by Mind Body Green. You can visit her website at playwiththeworld.com and follow her on social media at Sharon Kaiser Writes. I'm going to have the links to all of that in the description. Shannon, hi. I'm so excited to have you. Thank you again. Oh, it's so awesome to be here with you. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. I know we were just chatting a little bit before the recording started, but truthfully, this is one of the most exciting things that I have done on Found Family so far to be able to have a book club soul chat with the author and for <laughs> a book that really, as I shared, just means so much to me and helped spread so much love and fulfillment and you know, really helped me get out of one of the darkest times that I was back in 2016. And so I want to really share your message and this love with everyone who's listening today. Oh, it's so special to be here. And I'm so happy that the book could help you. It definitely helped me too. I tend to write about what I need to learn or what I've recently learned. And so every book becomes kind of this dedication and this healing journey for both myself. And it's just a beautiful honor that it can help others too. So thank you for that. Wow, that's beautiful. And so to start, which sort of piggybacks on that, what was the inspiration to write Adventures for Your Soul? Yeah, you know, it's interesting because I haven't always done writing and I haven't always done the work that I do today. And I talk about that in Adventures for Your Soul, but I used to be in a different career. I was in advertising. I was climbing the corporate ladder and it looked like I had it all, you know, making lots of money, working with celebrities. I was dating a man who wanted to marry me. And it was just this very glamorous lifestyle. I was living in Chicago at the time, but I would cry myself to sleep every night. And I was addicted to drugs and suffering from eating disorders. And I went to the doctor and she diagnosed me with clinical depression. And I realized that up until that point, I was doing what society thought I should do. I was living by the rules of the world, but I had never really asked myself, is this what I really want? And it had caused all of that. It turned in and manifested by me not being in alignment with self into just this, this kind of toxic living situation of just trying to make it through the day. 
And so I had this moment where I realized that I have to be true to myself. I have to follow my heart and I have to learn who I really am. And what I really want is to be a writer and work from everywhere, anywhere in the world and travel. And so I left advertising and I left the man who didn't, I knew wasn't right for me. And I started on this path of authenticity and I had written a couple books and the very first book I wrote was self-published. And when I wanted to write Adventures for Your Soul, I realized that not only did I want my book to be with a traditional publisher, but I knew that the, the context for the book was the habits that hold us back in our mental game. Mm. Because I literally was on a travel writing assignment. I was in Mexico because I started my career as a writer in travel writing as I left advertising for a few years. And I sat down on one of the assignments I was there on a journalistic assignment, but all of a sudden the table of contents came to me for adventures for your soul. And it was habit number one, you know, we block ourselves by thinking things are, you know, there's different habits that our mind focuses on. And that became the whole table of contents. And I realized not only is this just the next book, but it needs to be basically my career teaching people how to mm -hmm. get out of the mental traps that block us, such as we settle because we think it's the best we can get, or we're trusting our head, but not our heart, you know, or we have dreams, but they're not really intimidating us. And so I sat down to write the book. And that's really the background of that. Wow, that's so beautiful. And I'm sure a lot of people can really relate to your story, like being in this position where you sort of feel this pressure from society that you have to climb the ladder, you have to do things certain way. For me, it was very much like doing things the way that my mom wanted for me. And so that was a really big challenge was not really knowing how to go on an adventure by myself with myself. I was uh, terrified to get to know myself better and sort of where I personally was in 2016 was, you know, in this sort of um, dating fling, you know, with someone who clearly, you know, was not in alignment with with me and, you know, it didn't work out, but I took so much responsibility for that. And I realized in those moments that the depression really sank when I figured out, like, I don't love myself. I actually hate myself. And I was in a very, very dark depression. So that adventure for your soul, like popped out to me, like flying colors, you know, just neon lights really when, when I saw this. And I just love that you know, the inspiration behind the book and, and just to, to really like take our soul on that adventure. And that was also, you know, in a similar way, a way for me to, to, you know, find this light and this connectedness with myself. So that's really beautiful. Oh yeah. I think that a lot of us, like you said, go through that. And I think that's the important part about sharing your story, you know, sharing this on a podcast like you just did and sharing it with your listeners and me writing about it. It's so important for us to share our personal experience because it helps us connect to one another and I think now more than ever especially with the way the world is out in the world we need each other we really do so sharing our authentic truth is is part of that absolutely and were there any things that were holding you back before you even wrote this book well basically the whole entire book is kind of a dedication to what holds us back and all of the things that I write about are the things that really do hold us back whether it's a habit of feeling like we're not good enough or hooking into fear and thinking that that is our truth. But for me, when I very first left advertising to become a writer, I had a lot of fears around becoming a writer and doing what you love. I believed that you couldn't make a living doing what you loved. Uh, I had heard from a lot of people that writers don't make a living, right? And I, hear, I do author coaching now where I work with authors who are wanting to write their first book or, or 
you know, kind of share their story. And the number one thing that I hear from all authors is, can you really make money as an author? And here I am five books later, but I make a fabulous (laughs) living. I absolutely love it. And I don't really think about or worry about money. And it's a beautiful thing to live from your heart. And I think there's a lot of money fears that come up when you want to go follow your heart, whether it's to change your career and do your passion or whether it's like, how do I have enough money to go travel the world or whatever that dream is. And so we kind of talk about that throughout the book as well. But my biggest fear were the block that you you can't you know do what you love and I changed that I literally sat there and looked at my fear I wrote it down on a piece of paper and there's a whole chapter in adventures for your soul which is the fear detox and I it was such a fun chapter to write because I went through all of the top fears that block us and the root source of that specific fear so if you're fearing that you're not good enough for example, and I was feeling like, who's going to want to read my writing? Like, who am I to write a book about my own experience? All these fears. And I realized that was feeling like I wasn't good enough. And that comes back to a childhood experience of obviously something may have happened in, in our childhood where we didn't feel good enough, but what we become to try to be good enough, such as I started to become an A student. I started to overachieve. I became a people pleaser because that's how I thought I could get love and approval. And so I realized that's what I was doing in my own life. And that thing that we think is good where, oh yes, you know, I'm, I'm a people pleaser. I'm taking care of everyone. It can actually hurt us. And so we recognize that fear and that's what I did. And that's really what the book is. As, as you know, since you've read the book, mm-hmm. it's like this dedication of saying, you know what, I'm not going to let my fears or my mental chatter, the mind that tells me I'm not good enough, pretty enough, smart enough, thin enough, whatever it is, no enough. And I'm going to live from my heart. So this book really is about dropping from your head into your heart. Mm, that's so beautiful. And yeah, this, this, you know, thought it's like enough with the enoughs just came to mind where I love that, you know, with, with everything that you just shared and I, I love and honor your vulnerability in, in sharing your story. And, and this is really these two big things that you just shared, you know, people pleasing and being the achiever, those two things paired with the limiting belief of like not being good enough. Absolutely. Was what I was struggling with so, so strongly back in 2016 Um, And it infiltrated every single part of my life. And so when I read your book and realized like, wow, I'm not the only one who's this people pleasing overachiever, constantly needing to get straight A's, like none of my friends and people in my immediate circle had the same kind of upbringing and experience as I did. Because, you know, as you said, like for me, it was definitely childhood trauma as well. Um, And I didn't realize that there wasn't this awareness yet. All I felt was, I'm not good enough. I'm not this. I'm not that. And in order for me to be all of these things, I have to make other people happy. But it really rooted down to I need to make mom happy. So yeah, you know, totally hear you. And it was like it, I picked up your book and thought, okay, like enough with the enoughs. And it was so comforting knowing that I wasn't alone. And that's really the mission of Found Family is you know that I found family outside of my blood family who really get me, and to know that I was not alone. I'm not alone you're not alone, the reader, you know, the listeners are not alone. And that is just this beautiful message that helps with that mental chatter and helps to kind of silence that inner critic. 
you're so right. And I think you really nailed it too, is because a lot of times I know in my own journey, I felt alone when I was depressed and really going through just these moments of realizing, is there more, there's got to be more to life. Mm-hmm. You feel so isolated. I thought I was the only person in the world who, you know, would cry myself to sleep every night. And so it's one of those things where when you show up for yourself and start to be more authentic, and I talk about this in the last book I wrote, Joy Seeker, your true tribe, whether you you know identify with the word tribe or not, your true group of friends, your true tribe can't show up until you do. Mm. And it's important because in the part of Adventures for Your Soul, the chapter called Me Matters, I talk about how important self-love is. And when you show up for yourself, it's not just like, oh, I'm going to drink my green juice and do yoga. It's not like that. It's about really knowing who you are, understanding who you are and celebrating your awesomeness, no matter where you are right now. And when you do that, you start to meet other people of like-minded and your soul starts to feel uplifted and you're connected. And so I love that you're sharing too. Yes, we can find family outside of our family. And it, it's this beautiful thing because the more you, you are, the more you're able to meet the people of like-minded and we realize, oh my gosh, I'm not alone. I'm not alone in this crazy world. <laughs> And so it's beautiful. Absolutely. Yes. And so we've talked a little bit about vulnerability. And again, definitely saw your beautiful heart and your vulnerability in this book. Um, Which chapter required the most vulnerability to write about and why? Mm, That's a great question. And, you know, actually, it would definitely be the Me Matters chapter. And the Me Matters chapter is all about self-love. And that has been the biggest struggle in my whole entire life. And in fact, after writing Adventures for Your Soul, that chapter, Me Matters, which the habit that blocks us is we think self-love is selfish or we feel like maybe I'm not good enough to love myself. And so you go on this process to really discover that you do love yourself. After I wrote the whole book, I was on book tour. And while I was on book tour for Adventures for Your Soul, the number one kind of questions from the audiences, no matter which city I was in, was always around kind of knowing your worth. And it became very clear to me very quick that the whole next book I needed to write would be a self-love focused book, which is the self-love experiment, the follow-up book to this. And that by by all, like every single layer was the most all vulnerable book I had to write. And so the chapter, it, it, it really had me go in deep to the layers of myself that I'd been afraid to look at. And in doing that, I think we have to always know that the work is actually a beautiful process because when you go on this personal growth journey or you pick up a book or hire a coach, so often we're like, this is going to be the fix. But what I recognized, especially in writing that chapter, you know, Me Matters and Adventures for Your Soul, is our whole life doesn't need to be fixed. We're not broken. And when we can approach our life as more of an adventure, that's why it's called Adventures for Your Soul. We're here to grow and to learn and to accept ourselves and be ourselves and show ourselves to the world. As you start to look at it more as an experiment and a journey, things really change in a beautiful way and you don't feel so restricted. You don't feel like you're being forced. So definitely self-love, but that's because I feel that self-love is something that is often misconstrued for so many people. So it was the hardest chapter, but it was the most rewarding for me. Mm, wow. That's so beautiful. And, and I, I can relate with hearing the same kind of, you know, limiting belief that people sort of get stuck on this idea that self-love means, oh, I'm being selfish. Oh, that means that I'm egocentrical. Oh, that means this and this. And I, I, I think that I fell under that category, maybe without consciously realizing it, that, you know, I, I saw through the eyes of 
of a parent that, you know, has narcissistic personality disorder and is very egocentric that maybe subconsciously, and I'm sort of thinking of this now as we're talking, like maybe that was also the association and where the belief originated from. And it's crazy how we sort of adopt these beliefs and we have to go on our own adventures. And, you know, as you say, like we have to go and grow and learn and, and learn more about ourselves most specifically in order to push past those, those blocks and these limiting beliefs. And so that is, you know, so beautiful. And I remember how much I love chapter six as well. Um, there's so many quotes that I had written down and I was trying to see if, you know, one of them was from that and I didn't put pages, but I will in the description. <laughs> um, but you know, I, I think one of the, the ones that really stuck out at me was, I'm not sure if this was from chapter six, but when you said, I was always blaming myself because I didn't love myself. I was always consumed with guilt and focused on trying to make things right. I did everything I could to please them in the process, losing myself, losing more of myself every day. Blame is a cousin of fear. Fear keeps us from falling in love with our life. Like I have goosebumps reading that, Shannon. I cannot tell you like, because guilt was something that consumed me too. And I absolutely like that resonated with me so much. And that was also more of the blocks that like personally kept me from loving myself was that I was constantly, you know, in this negative soundtrack in my brain, just on repeat, like everything is your fault. You're not good enough. This guilt, this shame, you know, a lot of it came from, you know, for me personally, it was like scrupulosity, which is an OCD subset that's associated with religion. But at the time, like it felt like everything was about fear and it absolutely kept me from falling in love with my life. So that is a big message that I want like the, the listeners to take away from is, you know, that message that you shared is so powerful. And I'm, you know, here to literally attest how it personally shifted my mindset and, and helped me to transform. So I, again, I can't wait for, for others to experience the same joy. And I can't wait to read the follow-up, the book, um, The Self-Love Experiment. That's, that's next on my list. <laughs> I think if you liked the, it's, it's such a great follow-up to Adventures for Your Soul, but you nailed it. And that quote is from chapter six, Me Matters. Okay, perfect. <laughs> See, and I didn't <laughs> even mean for that to happen. <laughs> I know, it's perfect. I love that you repeated that quote because something we don't often realize, and I, I wrote in the book, Adventures for Your Soul, is that Blaine is a cousin of fear. And so, so often, especially women, we are blaming ourselves. And now, right now, what we're seeing in the world is so much blame out in the world, blame, 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 and pointing fingers. But we have to really look at that blame is just a form of fear. Mm -hmm. And when we really get to the heart of it, we're still letting fear run the show. And what this comes back down to is, and, and really what Adventures for Your Soul leads to, is not just about recognizing the habits we have in our mind that are blocking us and you know turning them into more loving thoughts, but really what does that mean in your life? And when we're stuck in blame or we're stuck in fear, we're not taking action and we're not actually moving forward onto and into a life that really feels good. And I think at the core of all of this and all the work I do, it is about being your authentic self in a world that often tries to tell you, tell you who you need to be. But when we're looking at our fears or blame or a lack of self-love, it's all in one bucket. The reason it's so important, and this is why self-love experiment kind of the book came about, is because your dreams matter. Mm -hmm. And another chapter in Adventures for Your Soul is we, we, we get comfortable being uncomfortable, the chapter of allow awareness. And this was also a huge hinder for me. And we, we allow ourselves to just kind of settle 
and we settle because we think it's the best we can get. And we don't really ask ourselves, what do I really want? What is it I really want? Or we ask ourselves, but we don't answer, or we don't really give ourselves permission to really say what we want because we don't think it's possible. We don't think it's going to work out. But really the whole work here is to show up for yourself. And that is truly what self-love is. Mm -hmm. So yeah, self-love is caring for yourself, eating well, all of that, you know, being kind and compassionate to yourself. But ultimately the highest form of self-love is going after your dreams and being true to yourself. And it's not about reaching that dream. It's about constantly growing yourself into the next level of, of your true self. Absolutely. That's so beautiful. And so as a piggyback to that beautiful point is, you know, all of the chapters are so incredible. And just to, you know, just to give the, the listeners a little bit of like a sneak peek, um, you know, pressing the reset button, break up with your issues, free your feelings, play truth or dare with your inner child, um, fear detox, as you've shared, uh, lean into love, rock the reflection, find your purpose and passion, be a gold digger. These are all so beautiful. Which habit transformation um, impacted you the most and why? Well, you know, I think they all really go well hand in hand, but I do think the allow awareness chapter, which is chapter five, was a really profound part of my journey because I had gone through such a transformation. Allow awareness, the habit that blocks us is we get comfortable being uncomfortable. So I, when I was depressed, I was very comfortable in my sadness because it's all I knew. Mm -hmm. I was surrounded by a lot of other people who were addicts and a lot of other people who were very kind of blaming the world for their misfortune. And it's kind of like misery loves company. And I had gotten to a place where I was uncomfortable in my body. I didn't like my job. I couldn't stand going to work, but I was comfortable because it's what I needed to do to get through the day. And it wasn't until I really allowed awareness of, wait a second, you are made for more. You can have a life that is joyful. You truly can be happy. I had to believe it. I had to own it. I had to really understand it. And so as I dove deep into my own understanding of what could be for life, like there can be something outside of my pain, there really can be a process where I'm not a victim to the harassment of my life and I can show up more fully. And that's where the chapters really roll into each other because I realized I was cheating on my future with my past, which is you know, another chapter where you study the blessing and the lesson because I was focusing so much on you know, what wasn't going well and how my life was off track and how I felt so behind, you know, because this is what we do in our mind. And then mm -hmm. uh, the change really was of, in each chapter of Adventures for Your Soul, I present the habit that blocks us and then a way through it, which is the joy route, because there is a way through every single thing that is blocking us. And it is about self-awareness. It's about understanding that there's a possibility for more for your life and choosing to go on that route, which it sounds like mm, it's worked really well for you. Obviously, it healed me too as I wrote the book. So it's a process of compassion and understanding that, wait a second, life can be this abundant, beautiful journey of love and it can be purposeful. And so choosing that route is where you get on. It's like you, you shift, you kind of shift yourself to another track. You're on one railroad mm. track of destruction, of blame, of guilt. And then you're like, wait a second, I'm going to, I'm going to pick a new journey. And you kind of vibrate yourself into a higher vibration of joy, mm -hmm. love, possibilities, happiness. Beautiful. I love that. And how profound cheating on your future with your past. That also just like really resonated with me because we all do this. I mean, we all like, I, I say 
future tripping a lot, you know, whether it's with friends or clients that I'm like, you know, how much time do we spend future tripping? How much time do we spend, you know, reminiscing and ruminating on the past? And the way that you just phrased it, like cheating on your future with your past, it's almost more of this like, umph, you know, like this, this big sign that it's like, stop cheating on your future with your past, like honor, honor your future and like give it the love and the attention that it deserves. And, you know, that is so, that is so beautiful. And, and just, you know, going back to what you shared too, about like getting really comfortable in your sadness. Um, there were just two more quotes that, you know, might also be from chapter five. So that'd be funny if it was, um, sort of a happy accident here too. But, um, one that you shared was we often settle because we think it is the best that we can get a behavior that is rooted in fear of the unknown or a feeling or in feeling unworthy, which I know you talked about as well. And I just wanted to, again, bring up that awareness about settling, because I think that this is, again, something that we do, you know, fall into without maybe realizing it, whether it's conscious or unconscious, but, you know, that rooted um, emotion of fear of the unknown or in feeling unworthy, like that is so powerful and, again, resonated with me a lot. And the second was, you said, after I put things into perspective, it became clear to me that I was staying victim to the harassments in my life, letting life situations dictate my mood, my outlook, and my life. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, I mean, again, like staying the victim, it, it was like, I remember even in the moment when I read that the first time, it's sort of this like, ouch, you're so right, but it hurts, you know, because you don't yeah. want to think that you're staying victim. You don't want to think that you're comfortable in your sadness. But the truth is that when you are, you know, holding on to the past, like cheating on your future with your past, there are times where that's sort of like, well, this is all I know. This is the emotion and the feeling that I've experienced for so long. I'm afraid to experience something else because what if something goes wrong? What if I fail? What if, what if, what if? And it's like enough with the enoughs. And, you know, what if should be like, so what, <laughs> you know, and that was sort of my, my mental shift as well. But I just wanted to, to share both of those quotes because, you know, it really resonated with me and there's so much power in both of those that you shared. Yeah, I'm really glad that you read those because it's really profound when we can go from a place of realizing so many of us, and this is what I was doing up until before I left advertising, I was just letting the events of life just happen and just kind of seeing them as these random events just happening. And, and I'm just like, oh, this happens. And then I react. And, and whether it's in my own life or the, the traumas we're seeing out in the world, it was just kind of react and move from one thing to another. And then I started to realize that we are creators of our experience. Mm-hmm. And that's what Adventures for Your Soul is about, is about reclaiming your own power and stepping into your life and transforming the mental game that tells you all these things that aren't good and shifting to a place of, well, wait a second, I don't no longer have to react or be a victim to this situation. Instead, I'm going to choose to move forward in a, a thing, in a process in a way that really serves me and helps uplift myself and uplift others. You start to become a conscious creator, if you will, and your life becomes more of a flow. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, and while we're on the question about habit transformation, there was another quote that says, um, and again, not sure which chapter this is from, but you said, one of the most common habits we fall into that can hinder our happiness is overthinking things and failing to act. This shows up in the form of overanalyzing, being extremely critical, or not trusting our own feelings. And I think that really complements everything that you just shared 
And for me, as a very big overthinker and someone who still, you know, struggles with overanalyzing, um, that hit very hard for me, especially in 2016, where nothing, like I, I barely had time to think positive thoughts because all the thoughts that were consuming me were overthinking and overanalyzing. So I also just wanted to bring an awareness to that quote because there's, again, just this beautiful message of like, ouch, but I needed to hear that. So thank you. <laughs> yes, yes. And you know, I talk about in the book too, is what would happen if you weren't overthinking so much? The things mm-hmm. we worry about, the things we think about most often, and I talk about with my, my coaching clients, this is a question that's presented is if you weren't obsessing or thinking so much about that, what would you have room for? And a lot of the times it's the things we're not ready to admit. And that's why we lean on the over analyzing or the picking apart or judging. Because for example, then I would have time to think about my dreams. Then I would have time to really think about what it is I want for myself and my family. And oh my gosh, what if, you know, and then we go into a place of, wow, I can be happy. Whoa, what kind of life would that be? Because Mm -hmm. we're so used to suffering. We live in a world that really promotes that. And, and so to step outside of that, to literally say, I no longer choose to, to be in this space of pain and, and drama and suffering, that's a big declaration to yourself, to your loved ones. But as you see, you start taking that step and you start to realize how beautiful the world can be. And you can live in a place of joy, in a place of peace. It is possible. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Oh, that's so beautiful. Just hearing the hug in your voice. Like it's just, (laughs) I love it. (laughs) And so we talked a little bit about um, the answer to this question, but um, the the last question was, which chapter was your favorite to write? And it sounds like Fear Detox, which is chapter 12. Um, Is that your favorite or do you have another favorite and, and why? Oh, I absolutely loved writing Fear Detox because it literally just came to me in this experience of these are the top fears, here's the root cause, and here's how we can overcome it. It was just like this effortless flow through me. But as far as like the the kind of exciting, the most, probably the most, the one that I really enjoyed writing the most was really all about finding your purpose and your passion. And I think what happens is we feel like something's missing missing in our life. And I know for many years, I thought my life purpose was going to be in advertising. And then after I left advertising, it was going to be in writing. And I think what happened is we put our purpose in this thing that we do. Mm-hmm. And what I've learned in my journey and what I now understand is finding your purpose and passion. It's a, a thing that actually blocks us because our purpose is to live more on purpose. Mm-hmm. And when we're actually choosing a life to bring you know, integrity and to bring joy into each moment, our whole life transforms instead of needing to have something to define us. And right now we're all looking for these things to define us, whether it's a, a career, a job title, you know, we are so much more than these labels we're putting on ourselves. So I often think that that chapter often gets overlooked because it's, you know, kind of smashed in, it's chapter 15, <laughs> but I think it's, It's such a beautiful experience when we can step into our true self with joy by choosing each moment to live on purpose. Wow, that's so beautiful. And as I'm looking at chapter 15, the habit hindering happiness says we feel like something is missing and the joy route is to find your passion, your purpose and passion. And I think that again, this is a message that really 
you know, will be resonating with many people is like that feeling of something missing, you know, and, and that is again, just taking where I was in 2016. I felt like there was, there were so many things that were missing that I almost couldn't put my finger on what it was or which things, but I was absolutely letting my job title and my grades. And, you know, I had graduated from college in 2013 and I realized now that I was looking for the A's because that was how I was defining my worth. It was looking constantly for these outside sources rather than supplying the sunshine to myself. I was always like taking out the towel and trying to find the sunshine in other places. And so, you know, again, like what you shared, like not letting those things define us because we're more than the labels. There's so much truth and power in that. Um, and so for, you know, for the listeners that might be feeling like, is something missing, you know, um, do I let my job title or my status, like, uh, you know, a lot of the times too, and this goes for both women and men, like relationship status, you know, like I think now, especially that we're quarantined for people who might have like relationship status single and like feel lonely and, you know, wondering like, well, when is it my turn and when this and when that it's like, I was once that person too, like where I was, I felt like I needed to get love from other people, not just other things like school. And it wasn't until I looked at myself in the mirror and said, you know what, Lizzie, even though there are things that I don't totally love about you right now, I, I know that you're doing your best. I like you. And that was a start for me then, you know, it's like, I like you and I'm going to learn more about you and learn how to accept you. And it was just like, it took that very, very, very difficult step to the mirror. Like sometimes the, the hardest part is walking to the mirror, you know, like sometimes looking at yourself is it's still hard, but like that walk to the mirror is like, Oh, I don't want to see what's going to stare back at me. And I remember I'm getting goosebumps. Cause I, even though it's been like, you know, four or five years, it's like, I still remember how I felt in those moments and, you know, just accepting this truth, like literally saved my life. Cause during those very depressive moments, and I've shared this before on on my podcast and on social, like I was also having suicidal thoughts and it was just spiraling. And so, you know, letting go, like not only just breaking up with my past and like with all of these limiting beliefs, but just letting go of, of, you know, these, these labels and things that define me, like helped me to, to step into my power and helped me to, you know, remove the shackles. And it was just, the, the scariest, happiest, most incredible, magical moments ever. And it's, you know, it's, it's a work in progress as, as self-awareness is, but it's definitely the most rewarding and the most beautiful. Yes, you said it. It's really rewarding. And I feel like some of us feel like maybe the work is going to be too hard, but it's so beautiful when you go on this journey. You're right. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Oh my goodness. That is just wonderful. This is so incredible. And, and now, like I said, I'm, I'm so excited and eager to read the follow-up to Adventures for Your Soul and uh, the, the other books that you have as well. I'm, I'm super pumped about. And the new book, Joy Seeker, is that something that we're avail- uh, that's available for um, our listeners to, um, yeah. to purchase? 
Yes, Joy Seekers out now, and it's available in audiobook and ebook, and then of course bookstores and on all digital platforms. And you know, it's interesting because I wrote Adventures for Your Soul, and it's about the habits blocking us. And then the chapter Me Matters turned into a whole book, Self Love, and how to be compassionate to yourself and how to really love who you are. And the final chapter of Self Love Experiment is about knowing how awesome you are and really taking that into your life. And that's where Joy Seeker came. So it's like each book mm -hmm. turned into a whole book. So the chapter about really honoring your authentic self. So Joy Seeker is all about letting go of what's holding you back from not all mental perspectives, but how we compare ourselves to others, how we mm -hmm. constantly are trying to people please. And it's about authentic living. So the three books really do, and this is how we kind of positioned it to the publisher as well. It really is kind of like a trilogy. Mm. Wow. Okay. That's beautiful. Oh, now I'm even more excited. This is fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's beautiful. It's a, it's a process to back to your true self because it's like, okay, so I've captured, you know, this beautiful life and now I'm going to be who I'm meant to be and live it. And that's what mm -hmm. we're all on a mission to do. Absolutely. And with your help and with your books and with all of the incredible work that you're doing as a life coach, as a speaker, as a retreat leader, Thank you on behalf of our planet, you know, for everything that you're doing and an especially huge, you know, thank you from, from me because seriously, like this book was transformational. It was life-saving. It was eye-opening and it really helped me to um, go on this self-awareness journal and uh, journal to go on the self-awareness journey. And yes, I was also journaling on, in the book, I have like a bunch of highlights. There's dog tag ears. There's, I mean, it's just, and I literally, I open up to page 198 and it says journal time. That's hilarious. And I just got goosebumps reading that. Oh my God. Um, <laughs> so yes, I mean, it's, it's just, you know, I, I am forever grateful for, for what you are doing. And I'm so excited to see all of the amazing work that you will continue doing. I cannot wait to read your other books. Um, and Thank you. To, of and course. Thank you for all that you're doing too. It's great to connect with you. Oh, you're so, thank you so much. You're so sweet and you're very welcome. It's been such a pleasure. And to my found family, as I shared, as always, please find um, Shannon's link to her website, which again is playwiththeworld.com uh, in the description of this podcast. And please go and follow her on all of her social platforms. Again, the links will be in the description. Shannon Kaiser Writes is her handle. Um, I cannot wait to continue supporting you and sharing all of this. So Thank you again, Shannon. Thank you. It's been so good to be here. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this week's episode. Be sure to hit that subscribe button and tune in next week for a new topic. To help spread the good vibes, please share this episode with friends and family. Or if you share on social, be sure to tag me at Coach Lizzie.